0: It's 9:30 in 716.
2: I'm Susan Rose.
3: I'm Brian Meszaroski. Cold start to our day out there right now. We've got 14 degrees, feels like two below.
2: Let's check in with John Hitchcock now at the National Weather Service this morning. We'll talk about the cold, but I got to say, John, I was expecting to see snow this morning, and there isn't any.
4: Yeah, Buffalo is about the only place in Western New York that didn't see snow last night. Uh, we got that burst of heavy snow that we're expecting in almost the entire area, except for Buffalo and Niagara Falls. It managed to bypass Buffalo. So we got a break for a change here in Buffalo, but the rest of western New York did see an inch or two of snow overnight.
3: Well, um, you, you might be dealing with that, but you're certainly dealing with the cold everywhere. It is uh, pretty frigid out there. How cold are we? How cold are we going to get?
4: Yeah, right now we're at 13 degrees as of 5 a.m. at the airport, and temperatures are falling pretty fast. We're going to fall into the single digits as we go through the morning. The wind chill is just below zero now. It will continue to fall. Wind chills should bottom out. Around 15 below zero today in Buffalo and closer to 20 below as you head east and southeast of Buffalo. And that will continue to be the case through tonight and early tomorrow morning. And then we see pretty rapid improvement in temperatures by tomorrow afternoon.
2: All right. Uh, Winds were really strong last night. Are they going to be as strong during the day today?
4: Not quite as strong, but still very gusty today. Gusts of 30 to 35 miles per hour in most of the area and over 40 miles per hour close to Lake Ontario. So pretty windy again today. Uh, winds will be much lighter as we head into later tonight and tomorrow morning.
3: Yeah, yesterday was, whew, uh, I mean, that, that wind was out there, and you can feel it today with the biting cold that's there. All right, looking forward, we, we've got cold throughout the day today. Uh, maybe it's a day that people are staying inside. Uh, do we get the relief tomorrow?
4: Yeah, tomorrow morning is still quite cold. Wind will still be below zero early in the morning, and actual temperatures will be near zero at daybreak. Uh, then we warm up to the 20s by tomorrow afternoon and into the 30s by Sunday. So really this is only about a day-and-a-half cold shot, and then we're right back to the above-normal temperatures that we've seen through most of the winter.
2: All right. Um, that's uh, pretty fortunate, actually. Now, the, uh, the lake. Now, uh, it, will this cold have much impact with lake ice?
4: Not much. It's just not a long enough period of cold. Uh, we'll add a little bit of ice right along the shoreline and the Bays and Harbors, but uh, it's just not long enough of a cold stretch to... Have much meaningful change in ice.
3: Well, hey, um, we're going to power through today and a little bit of tomorrow with the cold and thanks for all the help. 14 degrees feels like two below. That's our uh, National Weather Service meteorologist, John Hitchcock.
2: And there are Virtually no power outages this morning, nice. which is good a to hear. really good thing. Especially with
3: how windy it is. Exactly. Um, and it was yesterday. Yesterday, just, I don't know, there's something about the wind. It was it's just so it was annoying. Miserable. Um, you know, tough to be outside doing anything, and today's the same, especially because of the cold. You're feeling it, hopefully not inside.
2: Right. And <laughs> Buffalo firefighters are out this morning. you got to think of them in this weather. They're fighting a fire on Pomeroy Street off Seneca on the south side. Yeah,
3: always uh, difficult to do. Uh, Buffalo schools close. They're about the only school district uh, that's really closed. Had originally said yesterday they're going fully remote, retracting that, saying, well, we'll just come on, who's going to log on anyway? So uh, we're going to close our tours. That's their uh, decision today. Most other school districts, though, are open. We'll tell you if that changes right here.
2: Orchard Park residents getting one last chance to speak out on the new Bill Stadium project last night. Here's WBEN's Max Ferry.
1: An overall stadium deal was voted on and approved a little over two weeks ago by the Erie County Stadium Corporation. Now that all agreement details have been revealed to the public, the hearing scheduled Thursday night was the final call for citizens to vocalize their concerns. Not much was said in regards to design, but neighbors did vocalize concerns about potential construction debris, like Jay Naval of Big Tree Road. You know, I've been
5: through uh, many different construction um, and remodels in my personal and and professional career Um, as much as we say they're gonna be nice and clean and neat they 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 never are okay the last thing I want to be doing just like anybody else is cleaning remodel debris out of it I don't want to be dealing with that and I don't think any other resident would
1: some Orchard Park firefighters were in attendance, including Commissioner William Hanrahan, who called upon the county and the Bills to help with handling stadium-related issues that the small district of firefighters need help providing.
2: Uh, it's
0: things we are generally not used to, uh, a construction uh, of that type and that size. And what we are hoping that the Bills organization and the county will look at is working with us to provide the ability to get the training and uh, personnel up to speed so we can provide that service to
1: you. Stephen Gawlik, Senior Counsel of Empire State Development, says they will continue to talk to the board, the neighbors and the firefighters, to answer and addressing all the specific concerns regarding construction. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right,
3: Max, thank you. A Buffalo Housing Court judge yesterday ordered an emergency demolition of two buildings on South Park Avenue in the Cobblestone District right near Keybank Center. The judge noting that the Christmas blizzard buckled part of a roof, knocked a wall down, and said the buildings were a danger to the public in approving that emergency demolition order. Scaffolding to protect against falling bricks has been around a portion of 110 South Park Avenue for years now. The city will appeal the decision, city already trying to seize those properties by eminent domain.
2: The Pentagon confirms the existence of a Chinese spy balloon, the size of three buses hovering over Montana. The government has decided so far not to shoot it down because it may hit civilians and infrastructure when hitting the ground. Former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Mick Milroy tells us the u.s may already retaliate for the spy balloon flying over u.s airspace in its own way the
0: united states is moving to
5: shore up our allies in the indo-pacific region to include the philippines and japan something that china does not like uh, and so i think if we do anything it will just be continue on and perhaps double down on our military presence in this area
2: the pentagon insists that once the balloon was detected immediate action was taken to protect against the collection of sensitive information we'll be following this for you all yeah. morning long another live interview coming up at seven o'clock on this
3: absolutely incredible when you uh, kind of think about how far that appears to have gotten well rochester-based greenlight networks announced it will be expanding its western new york footprint into north tonawanda over the next two years the company and city said there will be a 12 and a half dollar investment by greenlight to expand internet service to about twelve thousand or more customers over the next two years Greenlight already beginning to operate in parts of Buffalo and Cheektawaga. It offers multiple gigabit high-speed fiber internet. The company says it's targeting areas in western New York currently underserved by current providers.
2: Some popular SUVs are under recall. Ford is recalling more than 380,000 Ford and Lincoln SUVs sold in the U.S. because the touchscreen-activated camera may not work when the vehicle is in reverse. That can reduce rear visibility while backing up and increase the risk of a crash. The company's gotten more than 2,000 warranty reports and has been informed of 17 minor crashes, but so far there are no reports of injuries. Many of the recalled vehicles were recalled for the same problem in 2021. Models and model years are on the company's website. Daria Albinger, ABC News.
3: <laughs> well they're driving down the road. And just all of a sudden, parts of your cars start flying off. It, yeah. It's not well It's built. I, I don't know what to uh, you know think about that. That would freak me out. Uh, and then there's this archaeologist excited about an amazing discovery on British farmland. No, it's not a piece of your Ford that flew off uh, years ago while you were driving down the countryside. Now confirmed as being worth millions of dollars, Will Gantz tells us about the holy grail of metal detector finds.
1: Charlie Clark says he screamed like a schoolgirl when he found the necklace.
0: It all happened very quickly, about 20 minutes. And um, got a signal.
1: Charlie digging about a foot into the dirt to unearth the heart-shaped pendant.
0: The gold work even then stood out.
1: According to the British Museum, nothing of this size nor importance from the Renaissance period has been found in the UK for more than a quarter of a century. The cup from the 8th century worth upwards of $7 million. $7 oh
3: million dollar find, and it was only buried a foot underground. I mean, that's not that...
2: Wow, you know, deep
3: down there, especially for something that old. The cafe owner said he only used a small metal detector for about 6 months when he made the discovery. I mean, that's kind of wow, You see these people all the time, oh, you yeah. know, puttering around with their metal detectors, like, "What are you going to find here? Some loose right. change add up to what?" <laughs> a $7 million that's, find.
2: That is when I first heard heart-shaped pendant necklace. I thought about the Titanic. I know, right? that's right. You were thinking, like, I'm thinking, oh, that's the Holy Grail. was sure. in the
3: bottom of the ocean after yeah, all. It it's was, in a British
2: countryside. Yeah,
3: right there. They left it at home.
2: Yeah, but this is from the Renaissance, so it's even older.
4: Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Strong winds and cold temperatures today will be in the single digits with wind chills well below zero. That will continue tonight with lows near zero. Wind chills about 10 to 25 degrees below zero. On Saturday, we start very cold, end up with some sunshine temperatures in the mid-20s. We're back in the 30s on Sunday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Mankowski.
2: The push to all electric in New York State, we're trying to get more clarity on this. Chris Trijankowski with the New York State Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling Contractors Association is joining us live this morning on WBEN. Chris, nice to talk with you. You know We're following this proposed ban on natural gas in New York State. I'm sure you are, too. How are you staying up on everything?
5: Well, good morning. We, we uh, have a lobbyist in um, Albany that uh, gives us updates almost daily now because of what's going on in the budget proposal and everything like that. And uh, ever since the governor's state of the state, uh, there there continues to be updates that come at a regular basis. And, and we share it with all our members across the state.
3: So when you saw the budget proposal earlier this week and, and what it called for, there's still a lot of questions there in terms of, you know, appliances and devices like that. But one thing it makes clear, new builds, no gas heating starting in 2025 um, and that's going to be for all, you know, replacement parts for all homes in 2030. And it goes even further, and uh, I don't have the exact year in front of me, but uh, around there, the gas hookups to new homes are not going to be really allowed either. Uh, how do you take that in, you know, the work that you do? What's the impact?
5: Well, the impact on us as plumbing and heating contractors is is going to be pretty severe, a putting in the gas lines we don't we don't bring the gas line to the meter but from the meter to the um, actual appliances is what we do and it's a big part of of what we do and so it's it's going to probably mean that we're going to have to lay off some employees
2: to me it almost sounds more complicated since the state of the state came out because one of the d- developments there is the state is saying this is not going to impact stoves how did you read that
5: yeah, it's very interesting how it reads, and we're still trying to uh, uh, meander our way through it to figure it out. So it doesn't deal with stoves at all. What about your gas clothes dryer? What about what about gas grills? I mean, because propane is a fossil fuel too. So if you don't have a natural gas grill, that's one thing. So that's probably going to be eliminated. But what about filling your propane tank? Are you still going to be able to do that? We, you know, it's all it's all questions. It's, it's you know typical New York State politics. They don't. Uh,
3: Yeah, that would be, um, you know, in cooking, which I would take to mean not impacted by this, but still the big impact goes to home hookups and heating and cooling, what you're allowed to do with your hot water tank, with your furnace. I mean, with who you represent with the Plumbing, Heating, Cooling Contractors Association, I'd imagine that that is a a huge part of your work when it comes to your HVAC system. I mean, those are the the big items in homes and, and not just homes but other buildings, apartments, offices, things like that.
5: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I, we've done projects where just the gas piping alone has been $100,000 or more of the project. Uh, it's, it, like I said, it's, it's definitely going to affect the number of hours our men get and, and the, um, and the uh, paycheck that they get at the end of it.
2: Do you have any more clarity, Chris, on generators, natural gas generators, and what will be allowed?
5: So what we're reading is the generators are going to be allowed, which, uh, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, it seems like the ultimate goal is to get rid of gas. You know, uh, we don't know when that will be or, or if it will ever really happen. But uh, if all these people who already have natural gas generators or put them in are, are you know, is that actually going to, to stay part of the law where they're they're going to be able to to keep them Uh you know, the, as I'm reading through it, as as we're talking, commercial food establishments, laboratories, laundromats, hospitals. Um, yeah, think about fire halls and police stations that are emergency services buildings uh, and, and the electric goes out. Now they need some type of backup. Right. So a natural gas generator would make the most sense, you would think.
2: Uh, what about homes? Are you hearing that home generators would continue to be allowed or not?
5: Uh, I, I don't think that they are the way we're reading it, but we're looking for clarity on that. We, we can't say with 100% certainty that we, we still will be able to buy and install natural gas generators in the homes after 2030, I believe, would be the date.
3: How are businesses changing to adapt to these potential rules? Because as of right now, it's all potential rules, right? But if they take effect, it happens Really quickly, in just a couple of years, in 2025, when it comes to new construction, so I'd imagine that planning has to begin right now.
5: Yes, and and you know, for years we've already been installing, you know, geothermal or uh, the mini splits, as people call them. You see the commercials for <clears throat> such companies as Mitsubishi or Fujitsu mini splits, which is an all-electric. Um, heating and cooling system that is, you know, you put individual heads in the rooms and and you do it uh, by zones. So we've already started making the changes to it. We just believe that if everybody starts switching to it, the grid is not going going to be able to handle it.
2: You know, on existing homes, have you been able to to research or look you know, when when 2030 comes and you have to switch over to all-electric, what is the average cost to switch over a, a boiler or a natural gas furnace to an all-electric system?
5: Well, there's there's a few different factors that go into it. It's not only the equipment and the installation of the equipment, but does, does the home need an upgrade to its electrical service to be able to handle the additional, uh, you know, watch and bolts and all that stuff that amps that, that, uh, that they're going to... Uh, Required to run this equipment, so you know if they if it's all at once, it could be thirty thousand dollars. If it's a piece at a time, it, it could be you know less than that. But you know you're still probably looking at ten to twelve just to to kick off the uh, the heating system, if for for example.
3: Well, Chris, we appreciate the time. Chris Trijankowski of the New York State Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling Contractors Association. Joining us live uh, with more of the fallout of the state's plan to go all electric.
0: That's 9 30 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs>